I'm Kelsey Sizer. Welcome to What's the Story, a short podcast from Light Reading, where we take a step back from the most significant topics in telecom to tell you the latest news, how we got here, what it all means, and what to expect next. Today, I'm talking with Teresa Krasova about eSIM adoption, challenges to the eSIM market, and why service providers have been a bit hesitant to make consumers aware of the technology. Hey, Teresa, thanks for joining me on What's the Story? Hi, Kelsey. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, you wrote recently about eSIMs. And before we dive into, you know, some of the challenges that operators um, are facing in in that part of the market, can you talk a little bit about um, what some of the major differences are between eSIM and traditional SIMs? Um, Yeah, of course. So obviously, the first kind of difference is the physical one, whereas I think what most people are accustomed to is the traditional SIM, where it's this kind of increasingly small piece of kind of plastic or cardboard that you can kind of, you need slots into your phone physically. And then if you're switching networks or, yeah, if you're switching operators, you need to take it out, put in the new one, wait for it to arrive, get it from the store. Whereas um, in actually in the last couple of years, loads of phones smartphones come with something called the eSIM which is the e stands for embedded and that basically means that there is this kind of small thing that lives in your phone that can act as a sim card and so that's the eSIM and the idea is that it can be kind of um programmed um from distance and you don't need to obviously don't need to kind of feth around with the physical sim and you can just switch networks um yeah, without kind of the hassle that I described before. Yeah, the physical um, sim always makes me think of like a spy movie where they're on the run and they don't want to be tracked. And so they like take it out of the phone, they break it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, as someone who has two sim cards, I sometimes kind of forgot about forget about the other one and then I'm like where where is it have I seen it in the last few months and it's (laughs) um yeah I think (laughs) yeah they are um yeah that's the challenge with a really small piece of technology (laughs) it's easy to lose it um so uh you know in your article you also um wrote about you know Apple's um kind of seems like they're really embracing the eSIM. Um, you know, why are some handset makers uh, moving away from the traditional or physical SIM? Yeah, well, that's the big question. Um, the first kind of most obvious reason, I think, is the just has to do with the device itself, because if you do away with the slot for the SIM card, you can use the space. Um, otherwise, you can maybe increase the battery or just do something else with it, whatever the device maker wants to get, wants to do. I imagine also it kind of, you know, if you don't have that physical port on your phone, there's less of a chance that water or dirt will get in. So it kind of makes sense from the device makes perspective. But there's also, according to analysts, says kind of potentially the question is whether they have some other reasons to do that beyond the kind of the device itself. So basically, kind of the most drastic kind of option uh, that I've heard is that the some of the companies could be looking to become basically MVNO, so virtual um, operators themselves. Um, in which case, it kind of um, it's kind of interesting how this would play out because, for example, um, I think with Apple there is a thing that they do that allows you to kind of, if you have two SIMs, to switch quite easily between um, between both networks. So essentially, um, the question is that you know if 
these um, if companies like Apple basically um, if you can switch uh, operators between their own ecosystems, then it kind of gives them means of steering customers towards their own services, basically, um, which all of this is, you know, none of this is a, I don't think there's a certainty yet to say that this is definitely what they want to do. And this is definitely what's happening, but it definitely kind of, um, you can, you know, the question has been asked. Yeah, sounds like the option is there. Um, so does that create some challenges for operators? And, um, you know, you also wrote about a lot of consumers are not even that aware of eSIM. Um, you know, what, um, why why are operators uh, a little bit resistant to this change? <laughs> yeah, well, I think, you know, first of all, if you um, can change operators more easily, then it kind of, you know, it would potentially not be great for that churn rate. Um, and, you know, it will be if it's much easier for you to grab a better deal that you see somewhere, then it's kind of makes it harder for them to maintain customers. Um, also, roaming, which is a big revenue source of revenues for operators, um, could be heard by this because it's, if it's easier for you to go to, I don't know, France, go to, you know, Australia, wherever, and just get a local SIM card, um, then, you know, you might not be using roaming from your own carrier and that kind of eats into their income, essentially. Um, and there's all of the stuff that I mentioned earlier around kind of the motivations of some of the device makers, which if some of these predictions were to be at least a little bit true, then it's not something for the operators to be excited about. Right. Yeah. Sounds like they're getting hit from all sides, both consumers and then other um, potential new competitors. Uh, are there any other challenges um, to eSIM adoption or what should we be kind of looking forward to on the horizon for um, just the eSIM market in general? Yeah. So I think the biggest challenge right now, I think you've said it yourself, is awareness because I think hardly anyone knows about this yet. I think it's a bit different in the US where obviously Apple has already with the iPhone 14 removed the physical SIM slot, whereas this hasn't happened yet in any other markets. So a lot of people are actually kind of unaware of this. And also with operators kind of offering physical SIM cards as the default options and sometimes even kind of creating other hurdles such as you need to go to the store to get the eSIM. Um, it's not actually... Sometimes it's not actually the most straightforward option to maybe to get um, to get an eSIM. So I think awareness and the ease of access probably are some of the issues around it. But I think from what I've seen, I think Omnia um, had some, I think it was Omnia research that said that Apple might be looking to um, expand this to other markets, potentially Europe and I think maybe Asia as well. Um, and yeah, just remove um, the physical SIM tray from devices. Mm -hmm. So that might be a driver of awareness, basically. Um, yeah. And yeah, also, no. if you're asking what's on the horizon, there's also the iSIM, which is the integrated SIM, which is... Oh, something... no, another acronym. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Um, yeah. And that's kind of something that lives within, I think, your phone's main processor. So you don't even have the kind of separate um, eSIM in your device. So that's also on the horizon, potentially at some point. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah, we'll have to keep a lookout for that. Um, and then just to wrap up, you also, you know, it, it sounds like it's potentially not all bad news for operators um, and that there's some IoT uh, options that eSIMs might provide. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to kind of paint, paint 
a completely bleak picture. So there is definitely the silver lining. Yeah, we like to end on a high note. (laughs) (laughs) It's not all bad. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, if you can kind of embed the sim into a device, it's not just phones, right? It's kind of loads of other things in the IoT sphere, which possibly means kind of connecting more devices and that's potentially very helpful for the operators. It's also, I think, with the eSIMs, it's also things like smartwatches, et cetera. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a big opportunity there um, for operators. Yeah, sounds good. Um, that's that's good to hear that there's, you know, potentially some new uh, market opportunities. Uh, we look forward to uh, following your continuing coverage about this. Um, thanks for the update, Teresa. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Gossi. Thank you so much, Teresa, for taking the time to talk today. And thank you to our amazing producer, Pierre Landrio, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more interviews and insights from the team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.